0: The Philippe Matthews Show at the PMShow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen. Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. Latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. Another phenomenal episode and another phenomenal guest uh, today. I have uh, a 20-year veteran television, uh, television news anchor uh, for KXTV News 10 here in Sacramento. She's a wife. She's a wonderful mother uh, with two awesome daughters and a furry one too. Uh, Christina Mendonza, how are you, my dear?
1: I am great. How are you doing?
0: I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Lord knows, doing news every day, you are busier than a centipede in a film contest. So I appreciate
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you taking time out with me today.
1: Oh, well, I thank you for having me. I'm honored.
0: Well, let's let's go back a little bit and kind of, you know, uh, you know do the dossier thing of, of like, kind of where you come from uh, for some of the people who will be listening in and and, uh, uh, you know, don't know about your background. You're, you're a Denver girl originally. Is that right?
1: You know, I actually grew up in Carmichael. Um, I, Denver was my last stop before I came back out to California. But I grew up in Carmichael right near, like, Mercy San Juan Hospital. Um, I was originally born in Oakland. So I am a California girl born in Oakland. Okay. We moved, we moved to um, the Sacramento area when I was, like, in first grade. And I has lived most of my life um, here in the Sacramento area, and then Denver, I headed out there for a job in 1991.
0: Well, you've done a little bit of uh, running around, and was it a big family? Um, How did this this whole journalism thing come about? What was your childhood like, and was this something that you always kind of dreamed of, or or, uh, how did this come about?
1: I was really lucky that I knew what I wanted to do fairly early in my life. I always loved writing. I grew up in a household. My father was in law enforcement, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she was a genealogist. She was an avid genealogist and has done... You know, just her her office is filled with books on our family, and she taught classes in our home as well on genealogy. So I kind of learned a love of research through her because I mm. remember watching her, and she'd drag me along to the libraries with research <laughs> things, and I'd see her typing letters to different agencies to get documentation and she really loved it so um i learned a, a love of research from her and then my father had a very interesting job he was dignitary protection in charge of the unit for several governors of our state, so he started at the um, with the, with Ronald Reagan. He was part of that dignitary protection unit, not running it, but part of it. And then uh, Jerry Brown, you know, 1.0, uh, he was part of that, and he was uh, he led that dignitary protection unit. He also mm-hmm. um, led the unit for George Dubnation, and then um, he was transferred out during the Pete Wilson years. So um, you know, throughout my childhood, he worked at the Capitol, and I would go down and see him every once in a while, and he would have stories for my mother at dinner, and they would talk politics throughout dinner, and he had all kinds of interesting behind-the-scenes stories that he would tell about things that happened or people that he met or interactions that he witnessed, and I really, my my interest was piqued about politics through my father's work.
0: That's amazing. So you were kind of... uh... Uh, Stoked already uh, And and primed for the position That you are doing so well in now
1: Well, you know, it, it gave me I have to say a lot of historical Reference, you know, when I talk About um, you know, Governor Brown in the early years, of the first time around, I remember it. When I talk about, you know, Ronald Reagan being the governor of our state, I remember it. I I was here. I lived through it. I saw some behind-the-scenes, you know, interactions uh, during that time in our state's history. So I really do feel quite connected and rooted in this community.
0: Um, you went to Del Campo High School here.
1: I did. I went to Del Campo High School, and uh, I went to Sacramento State. Although um, my college uh, career really—I went to eight different colleges before I graduated. But. <laughs> and I know. That sounds crazy. But I I started at American River College. I went to Cosumnes River. I spent some time at Shasta College, um, Modesto JC, um, Sac State, of course, where I did the bulk of my work. And then in Colorado, I finished up at uh, University of Colorado and I attended Metro College of Denver for a while. And, th- and the reason is just because this is such a gypsy existence, this business, for the first mm-hmm. few years. You're moving around. And I was, you know, determined to get through college, but I, I had to do it as I could pay for it. And, you know, in the broadcast industry, when you're starting out, I mean, you don't make any money. So mm-hmm. I would, I would pay for it as I could. Uh, when I got to Sac State, I actually started a business to help me pay for school. I, uh, taught aerobics to the girls in the dorm, so I would charge them, you know, $75 or so for the whole semester, and I would come three times a week and teach a class, but, you know, I would they would all pay up front at the beginning of the semester, and that's what I would use to get through school.
0: Wow, that's ingenious.
1: Well, I mean, it was, you know, sometimes entrepreneurism comes out of necessity, <laughs> and I needed to be able to get through school, and I had no money to do it.
0: Absolutely. Now Sac State recently gave you a, the, one of their
1: highest honors. Is that right? You know, Sac State has um, has just embraced me uh, since I got back from Colorado, uh, and I've you know been working at News 10. They they gave me the Distinguished Alumni Award, and it was really an emotional night for me because um, you know just Alexander Gonzalez, the president over Sac State, has uh, has really he really when I. But when he became president, he really reached out to me and brought me back into the university fold. I was there doing alumni events, and, and I've uh, emceed several things up there to teach. Uh, I taught best lectures there. And and just him reaching out to me really touched me. And then when I got the award, it was just a really emotional night, and I felt a lot of love from the university.
0: That's incredible. And you, you started out here also uh, really uh, in journalism uh, with the newspaper uh, you were a columnist for. Posts, but you also did a lot of radio too.
1: Yeah. I started with um, with The Ferris Post when I was in high school I was writing a column there And from there I, I decided to explore Radio and I was still in High school and I got a position at FM 102 but I was on the AM Side so I was a board mm-hmm. operator And I punched you know punched boards For a satellite news network but There was a guy that ran that network His name was Les Tracy um, He was my boss and he was a You know old time radio guy He'd been in radio forever at that point And he would critique my um, writing and my voice work. So I would leave him a tape at night uh, or in the morning when I got off my shift because I worked like midnight to six. I'd leave him a tape Mm -hmm. on his desk, and then he would critique it for me, and I'd come in the following evening and get the critique. So he really – I mean, I had some fantastic mentors in radio. I'd have to say most of my big journalism mentors were the the men and women I've met in radio. Ken Hunt was another one at K108. I worked with him – for several years and he really Um, taught me how to cover politics, and he is, you know, just a top-notch journalist still and a fantastic guy, and he was a great mentor to me as well. So I worked at several radio stations in town. I worked at K-108. I worked at KZAP for a time, and this is when music stations still had whole news departments. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I don't know a music station that has a news department, but um, back then they did. And so I worked at several. I worked at a radio station in Modesto as well. And then I thought, you know, all these radio jobs were were disappearing. They were starting to get rid of um, news departments at music stations or condense them. And I thought, you know, these jobs are disappearing. I need to see if I can make the jump to television. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was working in radio, and I got an internship at Channel 31, so I started interning there, working in radio, going to school, teaching aerobics. It was kind of a crazy, busy time in life, but I would get relief work. So if someone would go on maternity leave, I would be hired on to uh, to write for the newscast. And that, you know, allowed me to put it on my resume and helped me find my first job on television, which was at KRCR in Reading.
0: Was that difficult? I mean, you know, it's not an easy thing, reading a teleprompter, being a reporter, going out and catching the story. I mean, you know, how would how that shift for you?
1: Well, again, you have, you know, you look for good mentors on the way. I mean, you know, my first few months at KRCR, I mean, I was shooting my own video and producing my own shows, and so my video sometimes was blue, and my shows sometimes were two minutes light or two minutes heavy. I mean, you just have to kind of, I learned as I went. I mean, I didn't, I was still in college, so I hadn't had any courses in it before, so I learned mm-hmm. from other reporters, and I learned, you know, at the knee of my news director at the time. And in those tiny markets, they expect you to make some mistakes, at least back then. They expected you to make some mistakes. And when I'd come back with blue video, my news director would pat me on the back and say, all right, let's show you how to white balance again. (laughs) I remember those days (laughs) in the Oh, that's
0: hilarious. that That was when you were a newbie. Uh, Now, interestingly enough, you went to school uh, for graphic design, so you are a great graphic artist. If I need a logo done, you can hook me up. (laughs) 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 How does that help you? How does graphic design help you in uh, journalism?
1: Okay, say that again. How does what help me in journalism?
0: Your graphic design helped you enjoy it. Oh,
1: graphic design, yeah. Uh, You know what? Graphic design has been something that's been kind of new in my life. um, I've really been into these uh, 3D graphic design uh, computer programs. Lightwave is one of them, and it's used by, you know, the the big animators. Of course, you know, I don't use it nearly as well. Um, And there are others in broadcast graphic design programs as well. And I have basically been taking courses online to learn how to use those, thinking, you know, if there's something that I want to build really quickly for one of my stories, I want to be able to do it myself. And it's, um, it's a very left-brain, well, it's a right-brain activity too, but it's so different than what I do in writing and formulating stories every day that it's really been a nice little um a nice little kind of kick in the pants for me, you know. It's mm-hmm. always good to challenge yourself and set a goal and, and try something new even in your own industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been having a blast with it. And, you know, some some creations turn out great, some not so great. But, um, but you know, I think it's helped make me a better journalist in that I have a few more tools uh, to use.
0: That's awesome. Now, you know, uh, m- many people uh, can imagine that it's very difficult to – break into the industry, to, to, to you know, to be in the industry and then to have the longevity as you have had, uh, which, which is, is absolutely admirable, but to be in the industry for as long as you have, and you have won Emmys for your work, that's incredible. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm proud. I've, yeah, I've, you know, I've had the opportunity. Talk to us about the
0: two Emmys.
1: Yeah, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with some fantastic photographers, and you know, whenever um, you know, whenever you see someone earning one of these em- Emmy- Emmys, they really haven't done it alone. I mean, they've had uh, a mm-hmm. team, your photographer, or producer, or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you get these teams of people together. The right photographer, the right producer, and you can make magic together. And mm-hmm. you know, and in both of those instances, that that's what I, I feel like happened. I felt like it was just a a, a great collaboration. And, you know, so, um, you know, I, you know, I did my part, which was the writing and the reporting and, and the on-camera stuff and, and some of the re, and the research as well. And then my photographer did the other part of editing and getting amazing pictures. So, uh, you know, it, it really is a team effort when any, when you ever, you earn one of those. But it's also so satisfying to be recognized by your peers in the industry. Mm-hmm. And and it's just a nice, hey, you did a great job, and those of us who do it every day and know how hard it is recognize you for that.
0: Well, you know, it's one thing, uh, and, and, and I fully agree with that, and I, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but, but here here's another uh, layer of the cake, of, of the Mendonca cake, if you will. <laughs> now, you had mentioned earlier that, you, you know, you, you saw or met uh, – uh, Ronald Reagan, and 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 uh, uh, you know when your when your father was uh, working detail, uh, mm-hmm. but you actually had the opportunity of interviewing uh, what we call in our in our industry the first black president, Bill Clinton. <laughs> you actually <laughs> yes yes you, you know, actually I... got a chance to interview the president. Not too many journalists get a chance to sit down with the president of the United States. That's huge. How was what was that
1: experience like? You know, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, he's one of these. Um, I think, I think uh, he's been described, and I would say it's accurate, as an aerobic listener. Like when you're sitting with him, he's so intensely focused on what you're saying that, I mean, you know, the the rest of the world just kind of fades away. He's very intense. Mm-hmm. And I've interviewed people like that before, um, but I would say not so much to the mag- magnitude of Bill Clinton. He's very charismatic. And, uh, and, again, just intensely focuses on you when you're asking questions. And, you know, of course, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, I just felt like there, um, there was, a, there was a, a magic about him and his presidency, just like, like there was with Ronald Reagan. I mean, there, there's certain politicians that come along that have this charisma that transcends, you know, the television screen that breaks sure, through glass.
0: Sure, Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. He d- he had that in, in 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 by the truckloads. Absolutely, absolutely. So, talk to us about being a woman journalist and you know, a broadcast journalist. And has it become easier? Uh, what what have been some of the trends? What have been some of the changes? The pluses, the minuses. Talk to us a little bit about that because well, you've you been know, on every side.
1: I, I I would have to say you know. Um, as a woman it's um, it's not it's not a bad business to be in, to be quite honest. I mean I've I'm I have the benefit of um, I have benefited from the women who came before me that really blazed the hard trail and and mm-hmm. i have and i and i am perfectly aware that i have been a beneficiary of all of their hard work um i think you know even you know the the generation before me the women journalists you know they're they're allowed to get older on air now and that didn't used to be the case
0: mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. but they are
1: now and and they are seen as as more seasoned and you know they're not trying to you know kick off the uh, the gal that's over 50 um, to bring in a young 20-something. I think there seems to be finally a value in this business for people who've been in it a long time, who have institutional knowledge of an area or an industry and and can, you know, stand and deliver, you know, well into their 50s in this industry. You know, I would say it is a young person's job in that it, it takes a high level of energy to to do every day. Luckily, um, I have that energy, and, you know, a lot of people my age and older have that energy. We have a reporter here on staff, Dave Marquis. He's in his 60s, and you should see him covering these fires like he's, you know, 25 years old, running all over the place. So, I mean, it takes a high level of energy, and I think it just depends on the person and the personality. In terms of any kind of discrimination or anything like that, I would have to say I haven't experienced that in television um, there was a little bit of that in radio um mm-hmm. And um, I would say even, you know, I would, I would say, and I've told this story. I, I'm not speaking out of turn. I've told this story, you know, in speeches I've given. There, were, I, I mean, I did have to deal with some sexual harassment, um, mm-hmm. you know, at one of the radio stations that I worked at. But, you know, still to this day, if I think about it too much, it makes me angry. But um, but so there was a little bit of that. But I think that I dealt with it. Um, I dealt with it quite well. And, and the way I dealt with it was usually I'd go find another job.
0: Mm. Well, you know, that that's absolutely fantastic and fascinating because, um, you know, I I think it's changed. Do you think it's changed a little bit for women nowadays? Because it might not be as easy uh, to find uh, a gig because of the, the economy and just the dynamics of the business. And so, you know, sometimes you have to deal with it in a different way. I mean, you know, yeah. just recently the, the, uh, uh, one of the uh, Republicans made this ridiculous comment yeah. uh, uh, about women and race. And there there just seems to be a baseline level of ignorance and stupidity out there uh, that women have to go through and grow through and maneuver uh, in actually any career, but in particularly yours. What advice would you give women who are uh, you know trying to get in the game?
1: And you know, I'd say, I would say find good mentors. That's helped me. I mean, I've had wonderful Male mentors, wonderful female mentors, wonderful mentors of every race and creed. Um, find find the good people in your business and uh, and and stick with them. Be loyal to them and let them teach you. I would say that's that's a huge one. You know, sometimes you uh, um, you know recent graduates from college they come into a newsroom and they they don't want to appear not to know what they're doing, so they try to appear like they know it all. And mm-hmm. I would say. I would say find find a mentor in whatever newsroom you're working in and learn from them. Ask questions. That's perfectly fine, and and you'll you'll get on the good side of that mentor. And they sure. can really it, if you if you take the time not to speak so much, you'll really get a lot out of it.
0: Is Bill Shorten like that for you? Is he like kind of your mentor in the in the years that you guys have been sharing the uh,
1: the depth? Um, I'm sorry. Come again.
0: I say, does Dale short act kind of like oh. that for you?
1: Dale is like a um you know, I call Dale my at work husband. <laughs> <laughs> She's <laughs> he's my at work husband Because, you know, we, we both get in In the afternoon, and the first thing we do Is like, how was your day? How was your day? We kind of debrief each other on the day And, you know, and I think that's important Because I like to know, if he's had a rough morning Then, you know, I know that, you know, I'm going to help him out A little bit in the evening, maybe I'll take on And do more of the promos, or if I've had a really rough day He'll know that about, you know, where my frame of mind is um, And it helps with communication on the set You know, we <laughs> it, that'd, be, that'd be the best way to describe him. My at-work husband, which my husband that. is perfectly fine with. Well, let's talk about that.
0: How did you meet your 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 uh, at-home husband or no, <laughs> your real one? That's, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get too deep into this, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want to end up on CNN uh, at another station here. Uh, yeah, that's say Robinette, a school kid science teacher. Uh, how did you guys meet? Follow along.
1: We met um, – in. I was working in Denver, and um, at the time John was in school and he was managing this little pub, and it happened to be the pub where a lot of us reporters would hang out after work, and one of um, our – Good friend, a photographer uh, said, "You've got to meet this guy, Jonathan. He's I think he'd be perfect for you." And I was like, "Oh, you know, he manages this pub. He's probably dates all these different women. I don't know." And he's like, "No, he's he's a serious guy. He's you know he's a, a great guy. You'll really like him." So the night that I met him at the pub. He had to, um, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a violent place. It was a very upscale place. But he had to kick someone out that night because they had started a fight in the pub, mm-hmm. and he had, and he had blood on his shirt. And so when I met him, he was so horrified that he had blood on his shirt from the that he basically <laughs> brushed me off. He basically said, "Nice to meet you," and left. And I, I said to my my photographer friend, "Oh, that went well." He doesn't even he has no interest. And as it turns out he was very interested, but he just wanted to he wanted to be in a better shape to to say hello to me and he he was so embarrassed about it. So he ended up asking me out about a month later and we've been together ever since and it's been gosh 18 years in October.
0: Wow, that is so yeah. awesome.
1: And I can uh, Was, say, it, was I mean, his
0: blood, or was it somebody else's blood?
1: It was someone else's. It wasn't his. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was whatever the fight it was. He had to break up. Okay, and, so you uh, got
0: the best end of it. All right. That's yeah, good. he
1: did. He did. But you know, you asked me what advice I would give young women going into the business, and and the other piece of advice is, you know, if find someone who can um, be accepting of your career. I've known mm-hmm. a lot of. I've known a lot of women who get into this career, they love it, and they meet someone, they fall in love, and either he says, you know, I don't want you doing this anymore or, you know, we're going to move around for my career and you you need to follow me and give up what you're doing. I've met a lot of women in that situation, and my husband knew from the outset, this is what I love to do, and luckily he said, I I have a, a you know, a a position as a teacher that could go anywhere. So um, I will never take that away from you because I know it's what you love to do. And he's been amazingly supportive and still to this day is, you know, my my biggest supporter.
0: That is so awesome. Now, you were talking earlier about um, just having the energy of running around and doing all of these uh, stories and, 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 and getting the scoop. Uh, and I, I believe one of the reasons that you are able to do it so well is because you are a fitness
1: nut. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, it works for several reasons, you know, for several reasons. Obviously, you know, as you get older, you know, it's, you know, a little bit difficult to keep everything in the place it's supposed to be. So you got to work out. you got to, you know, lift the weights and, and get under the squat rack and, and do all that so you can maintain the look you want to maintain. But also, I mean, because... So I could have the energy, and, and originally when I started working out, it, it was so that I could help photographers carry tripods and, and equipment and that kind of thing and not get winded, and then it became so I could keep up with my kids, and now it's because there's just so much I want to do in life, and if I'm fit, it's just going to make everything that much better. Uh,
0: well, there was a story that you did uh, that was quite interesting on uh, this new technology of e-reading, And using the Kindle, and uh, I guess there's this new trend uh, of, um, uh, well, it's not really new. It's really been around forever. I mean, women love to read what we call, what the guys call the trashy novels. They've been around forever. But you've got a story on this from a completely different angle uh, dealing with Fifty Shades of Grey, and you had some really interesting interviews uh, and had to go into some kind of really. Interesting places, they got your fit so you could at least run or put somebody <laughs> out if necessary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that, you know that was such a fun story. We did. Um, it was all about how you know um, the Harlequin romances, or even you know the trashier novels, or or the erotica, which is the nice name for it, the erotica. How popular it's become because of these e-readers, and women can read these um, these books and, and read their erotica anywhere—at the soccer game, at the standing in line at the grocery store, at the doctor's office—because no one can tell what they're reading. On the e-reader, so it was really fun to kind of uncover this. You know, uh, you know, you never know. Someone at the doctor's office sitting next to you, you never know what that grandmother is reading about. (laughs) (laughs) You bring up
0: that that is that was such a great piece because uh, you're right. Most Mm -hmm. women, you sit, you see them sitting, getting their hair done or their nails, and they might have a book, but you know, they might have to say, "Well, I can't take this book out in public and read it out in public," but. The new technology of e-reading, uh, yeah, you can, and you can read whatever you really want and like. How has yeah. that affected and changed the industry, uh, for better or for worse?
1: Well, you know, I think it's um, – I, I interviewed a publisher on this, and he said, you know, in, in most ways it's great because, you know, it's not just erotica. It's political books. A lot of people may not want other people to know mm. their political leanings depending on what mm-hmm. book they're reading and with e-readers you can do that it's also created um, just a flood of authors who are now publishing online for download um, You know, Fifty Shades of Grey actually started just as a book on the computer They did not you couldn't find printed copies in the store for a while, it was only mm-hmm. on the computer and so it's mm-hmm. a way for unknown authors to try to get known now you know, some publishing houses don't like that because it kind of cuts them out um you know they used to be kind of the the gate that you had to go through in order to get published and that's no longer the case but Mm -hmm. they're they're catching up they're starting their own online submissions where people can submit stuff and and they can edit it professionally and and get it out there in e-form or regular form so it is changing the industry quite a bit and but i think for the consumer it's it's all good
0: Uh, I absolutely agree with you, and my how uh, 20 years uh, have changed. I mean, when we were coming up, uh, there were, uh, you know, you went from cassettes to CDs, from CDs to now digital, uh, and there has been this huge debate about physical books versus e-books and, and, you know, just the the tactile aspect of, of, of going to a bookstore or to a library and picking up a book and flipping through the pages, versus uh, now uh, you can just pick up uh, your Kindle, which I have and love, uh, and just flip through the pages digitally and push a button and go right online if there's a link in it. It's just interactive. Uh, what do you prefer, and how, have you, how, how has your life changed from that physical to digital uh, 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 transference?
1: Well, I, I absolutely love my Kindle. I, you know, it's, it's fabulous. I love it on airplanes. I love it in airports. I love it, you know, everywhere. It's great. I, I think, And I really didn't think I'd like it. I thought I would always want that physical book. And I still collect books that I like. Um, Mm I keep those on the shelf at home. But my Kindle, you know, it's just so easy. It's so easy to spend. I mean, you think of it, you press a button, and there it is, and you've just spent, you know, 25 bucks or whatever on this book. Um, The the only thing I don't like about the Kindle is just a couple of things. One is that you have to turn it off in the airport, you know, in the the airplane when you're getting ready to take off or land. So you have to turn it off, which bums me out, and you never had to do that with a regular book. And Mm -hmm. if, if you lose it, Boy, you you lose, you know, it's a pricey item. So I left yeah. one I left one in an airport, a Kindle in an airport, and I never saw it again. And had it just been the book I was reading, I wouldn't have been nearly as distressed. <laughs> um,
0: I won't ask you what book you were reading. Uh, you we won't put you on a spot like that. You'll tell, oh, no. you tell me after we hang up.
1: I yeah, I don't mind. I wasn't reading erotica. I actually read a lot of um I read a lot of books like um like Blink by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I love the social science and the um the uh the psychology, the kind of pop psychology books. I read a lot of that.
0: And I'm mm-hmm. actually
1: a huge Stephen King fan. I've read everything he's ever written. Really? Even even his stuff as Richard Bachman. I've read all of it. Uh, yeah yeah I, it is hilarious It's my guilty pleasure. I just love it <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so what's next for you my dear you you're You're now living in Folsom, uh and uh you've got this phenomenal career. Do you have any uh um, desires to uh, uh touch the national platform or are you content with doing what you're doing now
1: you know i love um I love what I do now. I love being in a local market because I think that you can make a bigger difference in a local market. For instance, we're doing a big town hall in September in Stockton. And it's going to be all about, you know, the crime wave that's happening in Stockton and the bankruptcy that that city is going through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Tim Daly, who's our reporter down there, he's been kind of pushing for that for a while to do, this, um, to do this town hall. And I was driving up I-5. We took a trip to San Diego, and I was driving up I-5, and there's this big water tower that sits outside Stockton. And it says, All-American City. 2003, and then All-American City, 2008. So it was like two years that they had won All-American City. And it made me so sad because I thought I remember that. I remember reporting when Stockton was up and coming and building the arena and so many exciting things were happening downtown. And now the shape it's in, it's just it's unacceptable for the people who live there. So, yeah. I, you know, we really pushed to do this town hall meeting. And those are the kinds of things that you can do as a local television station to really serve the community that you just can't do nationally. So I, I do love what I do here and will continue to do it. I have had some other entrepreneurial um I've started a couple of businesses, bold one and so I kind of tinker in that. And then I have a good friend who is um very much into the world of international trade and so I kind of I have lunch with him every three or four months and we talk about maybe someday in the future me getting involved in that. So I, I mean I have a lot of different interests. There's stuff I want to do within my corporation, Gannett, things that I I was lucky enough to be involved in a um a corporate um, project involving all the television stations in Gannett and I would like to make a bigger difference for my company on a on a larger level. So as you can see I am all over the place. <laughs> I don't sure, know. What absolutely.
0: I do. how, have you ever thought I about do. writing
1: a book? Have you ever thought about authoring a book? You know, it's funny you say that because um, the publisher that I interviewed for the e-erotica book has been um, kind of tweaking me to write one. And, you know, I've thought about, you know, I really don't feel – Um, I I think it would be self-serving and a little strange to write a memoir. I'm, I'm, you know, outside this Northern California area. No one really knows who I am. So I wouldn't want to do that. But there are a couple of topics, you know, that I've I've thought about. I've kind of toyed with some stuff. So um, there's actually a a woman that I know that I've done a story on that I've actually thought about doing her story because it's so compelling. So, you know, it's it's in the back of my brain. It's, again, one of those things on, on the list in the back of my brain.
0: That's fantastic. Any charities that you are involved in that uh, you are supporting uh, and would like to bring more attention?
1: You know, nothing that I'm on a board of right now, and I've been asked to be on a couple of boards, and and I haven't accepted the offers just because I feel like I like to do a a little bit on a lot of different things instead of focusing all my attention on one. Mm -hmm. Um, One one thing I've been heavily involved in is the Every 15 Minutes program uh where you go into high schools and it's a big two day event in the high school where they um reenact a drunk driving crash and students um volunteer to act as those killed in the crash and their parents oh, wow. notice. yeah, it's very emotional. Their parents are notified that they're that they've died. Um, they go to they actually go and tag their toe at the coroners, um and, and they videotape all of this, and then they show it at a rally for the students and talk about the dangers of drunk driving and the repercussions it has for years and and for so many people other than the person directly involved. So I've emceed um, those all over um, the Sacramento area for the past few years, and it's something I'm passionate about because I have, you know, I have a daughter that's almost driving age myself and have been witness and read stories all the time about kids who die in drunk driving accidents mm-hmm. or, who weren't even drunk but were hit by a drunk driver.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. My goodness, my God. Well, and thank texting you so and much. driving. Go ahead, say again.
1: And our texting and driving program, too. We also have branched that out now into not texting and driving, and that's a vacation yes. initiative that we're yes. really involved in.
0: Yes, excellent, excellent. Well, my dear, I absolutely thank you so much for coming on and sharing your life with me and, and, and our readers and viewers and uh, you are just absolutely incredible. I've, I've studied your career for quite some time, and I just think the world of you. I think you're doing great work in the community. Uh, and, uh, for those who want to contact you outside of, uh, Sacramento, uh, how could they do so? And do you have a web address? What's your Twitter or Facebook? How can people reach you?
1: Oh, sure. Okay. Um my email address is cmendonza at news10.net. so my first initial last name, news 10net On Twitter, I'm Christina News 10, and I have a Facebook page. Uh, If you just search my name on Facebook, you'll you'll pop up with my page right there.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, my dear, for being with me and and sharing some time with me, and I'd love to have you come back uh, and talk about some more wonderful things happening in the community and in in this glorious career that you
1: have. Philippe, oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for treating me so nicely. And I had a great time with the interview. So I hope we can do it again.
0: Absolutely, my dear. You take care. You too. All righty. Bye bye.